Real Money Show right here, the number one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit. And a reminder as well, if you're using your uh, registered accounts to buy precious metals for every $5,000 U.S. invested in RSP, you'll get a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall for a limited time. Some restrictions apply. Jeremy, guys, Darren, how are you? Well, John. Beautiful. Good week. It's been a fantastic pricing week for both gold and silver. As we tape the show on Thursday, we are looking at both the price in silver and gold, which has over the toss, uh, last 48 hours improved dramatically. Gold is up about 2.5% on the week, while silver is up about a percent in a bit. And as I brought here today to the show, you cannot see it if you're a listener, but this is barchart.com's year-to-date performance leaders. And lumber is leading the way, followed second by gold, nice. up eight, almost 16.8%. Almost 17% on the year, followed by the Brazilian Riel, followed by silver, up almost 12% on the year. And if you read the article that we posted to our blog this week, where there's smoke, there is fire, you'll recognize the warning signs that front end the next bull move in this silver and gold bull market. So we're excited today to talk about not only gold and silver, we're going to spend some time talking about registered accounts, and we're going to introduce you, our listeners, especially the ones from outside of Canada, to the concept of IRA in the U.S., which is something that our firm is working to towards being able to offer in the short term. So we're excited. We're going to touch on that, what it is, what it means, how you can have it. And if you're a U.S. listener, what might be the advantage to keeping and storing your product through an IRA? Very similar to what we talk about when we're talking about registered accounts with Questrade, our partner. And of course, we'll spend some time talking about colored diamonds. We have a fantastic couple of articles in colored diamonds that I want to bring everybody's attention one, and you've got to listen to this because this is an amazing, amazing article, the title of which is Florida Couples 10 Carat Pink Diamond Appreciates Up to 500% in Under a Decade. This wow. was uh, everywhere, all over the net. Bloomberg ran this, CNBC, this is from Rappaport, this particular one I have, which is a very reliable source. And secondly, we are monitoring what is going to be on May the 18th, the largest blue diamond ever going up for auction, which pre-auction estimates started at 25 million and are now at 45 million. Boom. So yeah, this they... is already winding up. It's already getting better. And uh, I'm excited for what this show is going to have today, Jeremy. Yeah, it's like auction season for colored diamonds. And, and we've seen these break records over and over. But when we had Eden Rachmanoff on the on the radio show, he was discussing how these are the diamonds that you see at auction, but you don't see the diamonds that are breaking records all the time just in the industry alone. And again, that slow and steady growth has been very good for a lot of people, and it's still very new to investors as, as an alternative asset. And this is all about... Uh, it's not even alternative assets necessarily. It's about physical assets and, and this idea that in, in a world where printing money seems to be not a problem, no one considers the consequences of it, the U.S. is up to $19 trillion in counting, uh, unfunded liabilities, Canada is also going deeper into debt to try to stimulate the economy. But when you start to look at the statistics and look, start to look at the numbers, you see that the economy is faltering, and so you've got this crushing weight of debt, and you just wonder where this could, this could end. So at the end of the day, what we're going to be talking about on this show for the rest of, of today and, and what we discuss all the time is about protecting your wealth, about putting your wealth into something that's a hard asset that maintains its value over time. Gold and silver clearly maintain their their value over time. If you were looking at something like art, which is something that uh, uh, Jim Rickards often discusses, we often look to natural fancy colored diamonds. It's an easier market to learn about. You don't have to necessarily be subjective and try to follow a particular artist's career path. You're looking for rarity and beauty, and these things continue to rise in value over time. So hard assets, a great way to protect yourself, a great way to own insurance. And this is about understanding that the powers that be, the central bankers, the major bankers, they do not know how this will end. They do not know what the conclusion of, of these debts, this incredible margin, the fact that no one went to jail from 2008, how this will all unravel. And and are you protected if it does? Are you, are you 
fully weighted in just paper assets that are correlated to the U.S. dollar, or do you have assets that are correlated against it that are, are ways to short the U.S. dollar? And that's what we're discussing today. Well, this is really a full circle discussion because listeners to the show are familiar with the fact that we spent a tremendous amount of time talking about the importance of owning gold and silver and the importance of uh, making certain you have diversity within your portfolio. But what we don't talk about and what often gets overlooked is exactly what it is that should be balancing that portfolio. And Jeremy's right. There are other alternative investments. And there are some things that we don't discuss in the show that would make every bit as good as an alternative investment. However, we have the opportunity as a firm, and we could have used other directions, but in our research, in the time that we've been a firm, we do find that gold, silver, and natural fancy color diamonds are bar none the best way to protect your portfolio. It's an insurance policy we hope you never have to use, but having it means that you have the ability to hold tangible assets. This is not paper, folks. We don't deal in futures or options and futures. We don't deal in ETFs or stocks. We deal in the physical commodity itself. So when you're owning bullion through Guildhall, it's in bar or coin form. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. And we're in this 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 economic stage, this this environment where we're Everyone is is experiencing low interest rates. They're taking advantage of it, perhaps to have a mortgage or borrow more. It's a lot easy for developers to borrow more money, and and the the cost to service the debt is so low. So you don't have much. It's not that you don't have a choice, but why not just borrow more with this idea that the interest rates might never rise, and we're, we're very short sighted in that thinking that that interest rates could never rise or that. What, what else can you do in, an, in a low interest rate environment or an interest rate environment that might go negative? And so what a lot of people have is less savings than they ever did before because borrowing money has never been easier. And where does this lead down the road? What are the consequences of, of mass borrowing because of low interest rates? And so again, what we're discussing here is this idea of protecting your portfolio and then also looking at gold and silver as being undervalued. Right now, we've got the stock market is is still going strong. Clearly, it's peaked. Although people are looking at, oh, there's people over the last year that are that are saying that the U.S. stock market peaked over a year ago. It's having a tough time reaching new highs. Ultimately, what we see day to day is people say, "Look, I, I did a, I did very well from 2009 to 2014, 2015. I made a lot of money." But this can't go up forever. And so they're looking for alternatives. And where can you find value? Well, today on the show, we want to discuss how you know whether or not gold and silver are actually undervalued. And I think that's going to go a long way to, to look at, well, if insurance is cheap, if there's not a lot of premiums on, on my insurance, I'm going to get involved in that right now. one silver again online to guildhallwealth.com. Well, one thing we can point to, John, and I have an article here with me that talks about this, is where we are in the next phase or the next leg of this big, huge secular bull market that took a break from 2011 till now, and then more recently in the price of gold indicated to us as a firm that this bull market is resuming, that the next leg is upon us. We saw that in the gold chart, and we were looking for confirmation in silver to follow at about $16.40, but... You know as gold goes, it gets the headlines, but right now the outlook for silver is really bright, and this article is from Barron's US, the title of which is Silver Rally Still Young, Charts Signal More Upside. It's subtitled, Silver is Cheap Compared to Gold, Silver has uh, silver stocks have already broken out and technical signals signals are bullish. So what it's saying is essentially the case is very compelling when you look at what the other various types of investments in silver are doing. And there are warning signs, if you will, that flash upon uh, before investors each time there's a big, huge movement up in the market. One of them usually is that gold leads the way. Every time, and there's been four incidences since 2002 where gold and silver have peaked and then come into a period of consolidation. Every time gold has led the way and then has been beat in percentage gains by silver. Now, silver remains by chart and by history, the more volatile of the two metals, but 
if we're going to examine this properly, Jeremy already said there are a number of indicators. One of them is that we're fairly new into this new bull leg up. The second of which is the gold-silver ratio. In good times, that ratio should tighten. We got to, in 2011, around 32 to 1, meaning that for every one ounce of gold, you could get 32 ounces of silver. Or vice versa, it would take 32 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. Right now, that ratio has been as high since 2011 as about 88 to 1 and sits still at around 80 to 84. It's fluctuating in that range to 1. That is a signal that silver is, in fact, way undervalued in relation to gold. Now, we believe both metals ultimately stand a excellent chance of going much higher. In fact, in this next run, we should see not only gold go back to its previous high established at $1,923 an ounce, but we will see in our anticipation the all-time high reached in silver at $5,250. So there you have two reasons now why we believe the gold and silver market are very, very uh, young in terms of their next bull move forward and why one might want to look at silver over gold per se. Before we uh, wrap, Jeremy, give me a couple minutes on how we can get some. How do I start buying? One of the easiest ways, especially if you're new to the market, is to go to the RE store or contact us directly and buy some physical product and put it in your hand. Take home 100 ounces of silver. Feel the weight of it in your hand. Buy several different types of product, whether it's uh, silver maples are a very popular uh, bullion product or 10-ounce bars even one ounce bars, and then you can move up to a 100 ounce bar of silver. This is a great way to put it in your hand, get a feel for what this investment is, that it's real money, that holding on to this is the same thing as putting it in the bank. While the bank will only give you less than 1%, this doesn't give you anything. But if you look at the decline in, in, in value of currencies around the globe, what you see is the price of the metal moves higher. So for example, silver's up 17% so far this year. You've already made that, and now you've started to get back on the Canadian dollar, which has gained 7% against the U.S. dollar. In other words, the, another way to think about it is that the U.S. dollar has fallen 7% against the Canadian dollar, and as a result, that 7% decline against the Canadian has, has represented itself in a 15%, 17% gain in silver. So if you're waiting for the exchange rate to be perfect you could be missing a big chance. Last time we saw a par exchange rate, we were near $50 in silver. So the idea is that silver and gold are much smaller markets than the currency markets. This is a great hedge against devaluing currencies. And even if the Canadian dollar is up 7% this year, silver has already moved up 15 17%. So again, if you're holding money, cash in the bank and getting less than 1%, it doesn't take much to say, okay, well, what if I just protect my wealth? Right. Can I gain on that? So one of the best ways is to just buy it outright, take it home. For those that decide we're going to be stacking a lot more product, we're going to get into 500 ounces, 1,000 ounces, 5,000 ounces, 10,000 ounces, you might want to consider the depository. This is where we fully allocate and segregate your bars. Your bars are put on their own pallet. No, no other product is on that except your product. Serial numbers are recorded. It's put up on a shelf. You can go and visit your product and, and personally audit it. And this is how we work the RSPs. We have an IROC-approved depository. That's the regulatory body for, for the big banks for RSPs. And you can now put physical gold and physical silver in your registered account. When we come back, actually, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss more about registered accounts we're going to talk about IRAs, gold and silver, platinum, palladium IRAs, and we're also going to delve into some really exciting diamond developments. Lots more on the uh, on the show coming up, so stick around. one 878 silver online at guildhallwealth.com. Remember to sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. And still, they have that uh, special going on for a limited time. For every $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account, you'll get a gram of gold, courtesy of Guildhall, with some restrictions applying. Lots more of the Real Money Show coming up. Talk radio, AM640. Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver You know that number by now. Use it, that and guildhallwealth.com online, Darren. Well, we talked just before the break, John, about a couple of reasons why the price of silver we know is cheap, gold is cheap, relatively against each other. One might be better than the other, but that's up for you to the investor to decide. And we also touch base on registered accounts. 
So I want to talk about a third and final reason why we believe the price of silver in particular is cheap. Gold also to a certain extent for the same reason, but really this applies to silver. You might not know as a listener, but about 80% of what is coming out of the ground on a yearly basis for total silver inventory is coming as a byproduct of other types of mining. So for example, gold, copper, zinc, lead, those are all examples of other types of mined product that come out of the ground that also produce as a byproduct silver. Now most of the mines, the major mines that are existing today in silver have operating budgets and what they try to do as a goal is get down to the cost per ounce that it cost them to pull silver out of the ground and then equate that to what the market is telling them. So there could be times when a mining operation might hedge their product because they need cash flow. There could be times when they cut mining back because they want to save dollars because the price just isn't high enough. There could be times when they hoard product. But because there are so few mining operations in existence in this day and age that we would consider to be feasible operations pulling big silver out of the ground. Most of it comes as a result of other types of mining. Now, we all know that commodities in general have been hit very hard over the last four years. And proof in the pudding, all of the metals I just mentioned are coming out of the ground in lower amounts. Now, some of that has to do with demand, but a lot of it has to do with the cost of mining. Inflation is set in, oil prices were high, they've come off, but it costs a lot more to mine. The exciting thing as it relates to silver, and I want you to listen very carefully, is that at around $15 an ounce, we're just slightly above what it costs to bring it out of the ground. So number one, it doesn't encourage new development of land as it relates to a primary silver mining operation. And number two, who would go and put all that expense in there to start pulling silver out of the ground if they weren't going to make more than what it was worth? This is a huge point to make because what it's done over the last 10, 15, 20 years is it's left the mining community with a gap. So you've got these great demand centers in silver. We've talked about electronics, one of the biggest, solar. We've talked about medical uses, bearing uses. We've talked about it as a catalyst. All of the things that silver is in, these are new areas of demand that have come online in the last 10, 15 years and have really zapped up all of what the world has available in total supplies. That's one of the main reasons I love silver. If tomorrow this bull market ended and we were to tell you that the economy was on the uh, rise, it was going to improve, we're going to get rid of all this debt and everything was going to get better, the picture for silver is still every bit as good as it is right now because of the demand industrially for that metal. In fact, it might even get better. Sure as heck, as we pro- as we progress in this bull market, those are two sides to the same story. And I want to touch on one more. So we've got three reasons why we think silver is going to get better. There was an interesting article um, on CNBC, Peter Schiff. I mean, he believes that the U.S. is in a recession. And he backs it up with a lot of information. Um, we deal with one of the largest wholesalers in North America and actually probably in the world in precious metals. And I had an interesting conversation with them last week. They are net buyers of gold and silver. Now, I like to follow the money. Net buyers means that they're actually, when people are selling their product, they are happy to take the product in. They are happy to buy product at all times it, they're going to make money. They know down the road the market's going to explode. You cannot keep on printing fiat currency. It confiscates people's wealth. People want hard assets. And dealers, the small investor, is buying the physical product. They're not trading in paper. They're not buying futures. They're not buying options and futures. Not ETFs, not certificates. They're taking the physical product, whether they're putting it in a depository, which is safe and secure and allocated, or they're taking it home, putting it, you know, they're not, don't even want to put it back into the banking system. They don't want to buy gold and silver and put it in a safe deposit box and put it in a bank. It doesn't make sense. You want to take it out of the system. You want to put it in a safe, secure depository. Take it home if you have to, if you have somewhere which is safe. But this is a great opportunity to buy gold and silver. As I said, my wholesaler is a net buyer of gold and silver right now, which means they're in the know. They're not gamblers. They don't pay roulette. They're in the business of making money, and they're telling me that this is a great opportunity to buy. 
One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. And I, I just on that topic, we were talking in the first segment about low interest rate environments. And I do feel coming back to this subject again, that it creates a very short term way of thinking. You know, yes, you can get a mortgage, you don't have to pay as much, or you can get much larger mortgage because the it doesn't cost as much to service that debt. But there's this idea that, well, I can't save any money, so I might as well either spend bigger. It, ju- it just creates a very short-term thinking, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people have a, a more difficult time looking at their finances and saying, no, I'm going to think much longer term on this even though we went through 2008 and people went from really previous to that looking for gains 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 and then they became a lot more defensive with their portfolio there's still very much a short term thinking mentality out there when i when i hear what you're saying paul about a wholesaler being a net buyer saying we love this price we're going to buy for the long term because we already saw the shortages that occurred back in in the summer when we look at these diamond auctions and we see that people were holding diamonds for even just a minimum of 10 years, I mean, this isn't like someone who's had a, a, a famous art piece in their family for 50 years. Imagine what these these hard assets could do in a portfolio or over a 50-year period. Gold was trading at $35 an ounce. It's over $1,700 an ounce Canadian right now. A diamond, a vivid diamond, you could have bought 15 years ago for for what, Paul? $7,500 probably? Maximum $6,000. So having things long-term pays. Hard assets pay. Fiat money disintegrates. It's called inflation. If you think inflation is anywhere over 2%, then I hope you're making a 25% increase on your salary every five years because that's what you need to beat inflation. Holding hard assets is a great way to hedge against inflation. It's a great way to hedge against devaluing currencies. It's a great way to build long-term wealth. Speaking of that, I wanted to touch base on something we mentioned in the show several times. We did say we were going to talk about IRAs. This is something that for our American listeners is of great interest. An IRA it's is not just, the Irish Republic Army. That's right. <laughs> not it's a good investment. An individual retirement account, which allows you to basically put gold into an investment retirement account in the physical form. Now, this is something that in the near future, Guild Hall is actually going to be doing. We're already doing registered accounts. If you're a listener to this show or if you're new to the show and you don't know this, one of the greatest advantages you have at your disposal is your TFSA. If you haven't used your TFSA yet, you've got a $46,500 account sitting there. If you're over the age of 26, that can be loaded up with physical gold and all capital gains protected against taxation. It's a valuable way to invest if you plan to buy gold or silver, platinum or palladium or maybe all four. There's also the RSP, tax deferred options. There's a lira for those that are at the edge of retirement maybe and want to convert over to something a little more plausible for maybe the next generation or even for now. The liras can be opened up. The RIFs, the RESPs, planning for the education of your children in the near future. We've talked about diamonds, the importance of owning, what Paul does for his own family, but this is an option that I love, and this is near to my heart. I want to plan ahead of time and make certain that my children, three of them, are all going to have an excellent university education and not have to worry about debt. It's the worst thing in the world to stress over. I went through it myself. I wouldn't want anybody else to do it. One option you have as as a parent is to open up an RESP for your child and hold physical gold and silver in that RESP. Guildhall does that. And as an extension, this IRA option that's coming out, this just excites me yeah, to no for, end. That's for U.S. clients. That's right. It's not Canadian. IRA that's right. is for U.S. clients. But it's the equivalent. But we are giving U.S. clients the opportunity to hold precious metals in Canada, in the States, and even in the Cayman Islands, that you can hold this product and... We have the tax saving cool. on it as well. Mm-hmm. So that's something we're, offer, we're offering. But the interesting thing, you talked about the RESP, which is for your kids' education. What a bet, better way is to actually own a natural fancy colored diamond, put it away if you have a child that's six or seven and you're looking you know, for their education 15 years down the road, buy a natural fancy colored diamond. A diamond for $25,000 could easily be worth $100,000 in that 15 years' time. 
maybe even more if you buy a pink you've got a couple of kids going you know you know you're going to put them through university you're going to need lots of bucks 15 years down the road um i've been giving my grandkids an ounce of gold as i said on every on every birthday i started off when you know gold was trading at 500 dollars an ounce the second year it was 650 an ounce maybe went up to 750 an ounce today we're trading you know around about 1600 dollars an ounce canadian Overall, their portfolio between my two grandkids is worth $27,000. If I were to you know, go back and I'm giving them $500 each on their birthday, they would have had a total of $9,000. This way, they've got an ounce of gold each. 18 ounces of gold is worth around about $2,700. Well, in comparison, if I was to give my child 500 when the price of gold was 500 which right. is around about 2004, 2005, if I was to give them $500, what is that $500 worth today? Well, inflation tells us that that 500 is now devalued itself. So in fact, if I went and put the cash in a box and said, I'm going to give them that money, and every year I'm going to give them the same equivalent in right. cash value as an ounce of gold. Be going down. I would have lost value wow. overall. I wouldn't have made anything because the cost of buying or putting that money to work for an education, for anything, has lost value. In other words, what Paul has done is he's masked that loss by taking the insurance policy of owning physical gold. What a brilliant thing to do. And this is something that more families should be aware of, should be doing, and remembering that if in the event you need the cash, gold is liquid Mm -hmm. the same day, the next day. I mean, it doesn't take anything to go and sell gold. It's all the fineness is purity. It's all perfect when you're coming through guild hall because it's all lbma approved it's the world over the gold market is the most liquid market in the world so if you ever need cash you don't have to worry about it you can always convert back nice the interesting thing there as well if you would have took a coffee can and took ten thousand dollars in that coffee can and buried it in the back garden pulled it up today your ten thousand dollars cash is worth ten thousand dollars if you would have taken Silver was trading at $4 an ounce, and you would have bought 2,500 ounces of silver. That silver today would be worth 37,500 US, which is about 50,000 Canadian. Do I need to say more? Math done. That's it. Listen, when we come back, we're going to talk about two really important color diamond stories that are right at the forefront now going forward. And in the fourth segment, we're going to touch base on a couple of articles. And we're really going to summarize the whole slingshot effect. Talk about manipulation, what we discussed with Chris Powell a few weeks back on GATA. And hopefully as a listener, you're going to gain some interest here in owning some gold and silver. We like gains. one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Talk radio, AM 640. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number. And for uh, the purpose of this segment, guildhalldiamonds.com. Right, Darren? Love this part. Well, absolutely. And typically, Paul and Jeremy spend the better part of the 12, 13 minutes that we have to share with you the Diamond News of the Week, updating you on everything that's going on. But... I came uh, across, what came across my desk this week are two very interesting articles that I think bear repeating here on the show. And these are two very simple things that we discuss on a pretty regular basis. One is an upcoming auction for what is going to be the largest blue diamond ever. And remember from our interview with Eden Rachmanoff, when you're talking about colored diamonds and you hear about auction prices, one might think typically that, well, if a diamond goes to auction, it must be a pretty important diamond. And that is sometimes the case. There's no doubt about it. But for every diamond you see that goes to auction, there's four, five, ten that you don't see that are sold privately. So this is exciting. This is the largest blue diamond ever going up for auction May the 18th. It's a a 14.62 carat. Wow. It's the Oppenheimer blue diamond uh, that is was owned originally by Sir Philip Oppenheimer, whose family controlled the beers for the better part of about 80 years Mm. before selling its stake to Anglo-American back in 2012. Now, this diamond, whose fancy uh, blue uh, designation, it rates it the highest and clearest saturation color blue possible. And the original estimate when I started tracking this was 25 to 35 million. The article last week I was going to share, but I missed the show, was 35 to 40 million. And now this article, which is from MindWeb, which is also repeated on um, CNBC and also Bloomberg, 
it's touting the starting price anywhere from 38 to 45 Jeez. million. So already before it goes to auction the hype is starting and we're going to get a price in here that could well set a record for per carat price for a blue diamond. Now we've talked about the rarity of every color on this show. We very rarely come across blues, but that being said as an investor, if you want something that's extra special that goes well beyond what you could get out of many other types of colored diamonds, already great investments in themselves, then blues may be the answer for you. We've sold a few at the firm. Paul has access to them. And not every investor can drop, you know, millions of dollars. That's like an Oprah diamond, right? But for the ones ones that do have the money to spend, this is an excellent opportunity. Jeremy talked about education. Paul talked about education. I can think of no better way if you are in the position – to afford a piece like this, something maybe a little smaller in the one carat range, one, one and a half, two carat range in blues, that's what Guild Hall is going to have available for you. And that would make an incredible investment. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhalldiamonds.com. The second article we wanted to touch on was one that was brought to my attention by Rappaport. We follow all the headlines in the diamond industry using Rappaport, and it is entitled, Florida Couples 10-Carat Pink Diamond Appreciates Up to 500% in Under a Decade. Highlighting, and again, this is not in the title, but this is us talking to you, the investor, highlighting the importance of understanding how great pink diamonds are. My favorite diamond, the ones I own the most of, I love them. These, whether they're Argyle diamonds, whether they're non-Argyle diamonds, I love them all the same. Now, this article says Christie's will auction for between 8 to $12 million pre-auction estimate, a pink diamond ring that has appreciated up to 500% in less than a decade since being bought by a South Florida man for his wife. It's a 10-carat cushion-modified brilliant cut, fancy intense purple-pink stone, and it's flanked on either side by a triangular-shaped diamond, and it'll be offered at Magnificent Jewel Sale in New York in April. And the basic idea here is that this gentleman had the diamond on the ring appraised way back in the day, and when it came out into the public that this gentleman might be thinking of selling it, he wasn't sure that it would be worth much more than what he paid. He had no idea. He had bought this for, you know, a, a sentimental reasons. This was a impulse buy, something he wanted his wife to wear that was beautiful. And essentially what happened was the appraiser for this particular diamond sale got a hold of the diamond and says, wow, the original appraisal was way underestimated. So they're saying that the original appraisal, which was, I think, around $4.7 million, was very, very short. The appraiser said, no, that diamond's worth more like eight to 10 million, maybe more. So we're again going to see here another pink diamond that was undervalued, that represents true value in my opinion, go to auction and fetch a tremendous amount. And you know that only 10 years ago, this man did not pay anywhere near $4.7 million for that diamond. Yet now it's going to fetch eight to 10, maybe 12 million for this diamond. And that's 500%, count them, 500%. It's only 10 years. 10 years. What else in this day and age is getting that kind of return? You also got to remember when at auction, um, you know, things get bid up. Um, As Darren said, a lot of diamonds are sold without going to auction to private dealers, to collectors, and it's normally done that way. Um, there are a lot of brokers out there, especially the I deal with brokers out of New York, that deal with the cutters and polishers directly, and then they, they have access to the stones, and they take the stones round the marketplace. Now, the natural fancy colored diamond business is a small market. It's a very small market, very few dealers. Uh, today, I got two emails from India, you know, there was not one diamond on a list of maybe 100 diamonds I'd even look at because they were brown yellows. I mean, we don't even carry brownish yellows. We don't carry brownish pinks. You know, they are not the solid colors. We do in yellows, we do in pinks, we do in blues. You know, greens, these are the colors that are solid. We don't handle light fancies. That's a very light color. It's not an investment grade. Every diamond we have at Guildhall Diamonds is an investment grade diamond. It's going to produce you a return on investment. We start off at thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars for a carrot fancy IF, but of unbelievable quality. This is the most important thing that we look at the color, we look at the cut, 
The color has to have even saturation. The cup brings out the scintillation and the fire in the diamond. The carat weight, we only sell in yellows over a carat. Those are the investment grades. And then the other thing we look at is the clarity. And in all of our yellow diamonds, majority of them, not all of them, because sometimes I buy, buy a color, yellow or a pink, and it's going to be a VS, VS1, VS2, VVS, um, because... Though it has the slightest inclusion, it doesn't take it away from the color. When you're buying a natural fancy color diamond, it's all about color. That's why you see these diamonds, 10 karat pinks. They may not be internally flawless. They may be a VS1. But it's going to bring an incredible price because pinks do not normally come internally flawless. If you find an internally flawless pink, you've done incredibly well. And to, we have right now on our website... An internally flawless pink. It's a beautiful, beautiful diamond. The color's incredible. It's a bubblegum pink. It will make a great investment and a terrific return on investment. Darren said that this one client has made 500% in 10 years. From the Natural Fancy Color Diamond Foundation, we have got a report that actual quality pinks have gone up an average of 361% in 10 years. Some diamonds may have gone up 500%, some may have gone up 200%, some may have gone up 100% in 10 years, but the quality, if you buy the right color, the right clarity, the right cut, the right carat weight, you're going to make nothing but money. As I said, it's a start off. If you want to get on a, a fancy yellow internally flawless, you're going to get thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000. You may get a return of 6% a year. You may go to an intense diamond, which is the next step up in color. You may make between 12 to 14%. You go into a vivid, which is the, the cream de la creme, you know, you're looking at 30 to 35% a year of an increase as long as you buy the size, the color, and the cut, and the clarity. The four C's are the most important things in buying a natural fancy color diamond. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number, and guildhalldiamonds.com is the website. Jeremy. You know, we're looking at all these auctions, and we really started to see the auctions coming towards the end of the last decade where we're seeing colored diamonds breaking records consistently, really started in 2008 from when we look at our records. But I really feel that this past decade will be looked upon as the year that investment, as di colored diamonds as investments really came to the forefront. We've seen more and more... <clears throat> of these generational diamonds coming to auction and breaking records. We've seen the prices increase on our own. We've seen the increase of investment demand as well, people looking for alternatives. And the colored diamond market with every single one of these auctions gets a spotlight put on it. And I do feel, again, that this is going to be the decade that people look back on and say, yeah, that was the decade to have bought a diamond because it really just started to hit the forefront before the the, the prices went, went really strong because it's only going to be a certain amount of time before the prices get extreme in the sense that we've seen year after year at the, at the Argyle Tender 30, 40% more bit, percentage more on each bid for the diamond year after year. It's a great point. It's a super valid point. If I was to say to you as a listener, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say profitability or gains or portfolio diversity? I'll bet you it's not colored diamonds. Right. Totally. And that's one of the points. It's not gold and silver, too. It's not gold and silver either. And that's exactly one of the points that tells us we're nowhere near that time in which either gold, silver, or colored diamonds bubble. So if you know that as an investor and you know there's going to be an onslaught of demand for this as they are considered investment items more and more and more, and I remember back in the day when we were discouraged as a firm from treating colored diamonds like investments, the whole diamond industry didn't want us to do it, but now it's regular mainstream uh, you know, verbiage everywhere on everybody's site. They've copied us. They've done it. All of our uh, partners do it. All of our competitors do it. They all call them investments. So this is what we're talking about when we're saying nobody knows about this. Knock on your neighbor's door, ask them how many own gold, silver, or a colored diamond. And I'll bet you of 10 neighbors, you'll find zero that own on any of them. It's a great opportunity, and you're among the first to know about them. You know, we put a report together last spring, and we put together a, re a report of all of the auction records. And two, three years before that, we'd done the same thing. And, you know, the first time we did it, we had 
probably six or seven on one page. Last year, we couldn't even get it all on one page. At this point, given the fact that the Oppenheimer is going into auction, Shirley Temple's diamond is going into auction, this 10-plus carat pink is going up for auction, we're going to be filled up with two pages of just auction after auction where the record gets broken. And if you see that pattern, all you have to do is say, okay, well, besides the size, what do these diamonds have, have in common? They have what Paul was talking about. They have clarity. They have good proportion. They've got the right cuts. And what, when we compare these type of diamonds, you know, money makes money, of course. But if you're looking at a diamond that you paid $30,000 for five years ago, that diamond is comfortably in the $80,000 range from what we've seen. So we see it at what we would call, let's say, the street level in terms of, of colored diamonds. And that's what we do at Guildhall. We look at the quality, 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 and that has has resulted in great returns. Also, owning a natural fancy color diamond is not for everybody. Some people can't sit and hold. These people that have held diamonds for 30, 40, 50 years in their family have done nothing but good for their families. They've created wealth, an incredible wealth. It's not flipping houses. You can't buy a diamond and in 18 months say, well, they've gone up 20, 30%. I want to flip it. You hold. It's a buy and hold, and all you're going to do is make money. You need to be in it for five years, seven years, maybe 10 years. We're talking about kids' education or your retirement 15, 20 years from now. You buy a diamond, you're going to do exceptionally well. It's, as I said, it's not for everybody. If you're going to buy it, you put it away or you put it into a beautiful piece of jewelry and get the value of wearing something that is incredibly beautiful and is increasing in value day by day by day. Guildhalldiamonds.com is the website. You've got to see the collection before you make the next step. And the number is one eight seven seven eight silver We'll recap. Darren, there's lots more to cover. Uh, as we get close to the end of this show, it is The Real Money Show on Talk Radio, AM640. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. Darren, take us home. Well, we promised we were going to touch base on a couple of things. Number one, the slingshot effect. We talked a few weeks ago with a gentleman by the name of Chris Powell from GATA. Chris was fortunate enough to give us some insight about manipulation in the gold market. In particular, the gold market is the focus of GATA, the Gold Antitrust Committee. And to some, this might come of, might have come as a bit of a shock that a firm that pushes gold and silver brought on a gentleman the world's probably second most expert in manipulation of gold to discuss factual data that exists that proves beyond a reasonable doubt that to a certain extent gold pricing has been manipulated. But then there are those of us, especially in the analysts that I read and other people around us, other dealers, people that have been in this business for a long time, very big companies, huge companies, that sit and talk about the benefits of owning gold and silver. One of the reasons they do this is because they're well aware and cognizant of what we call in the industry the slingshot effect. Imagine, if you will, for a minute, anything that you've ever heard that is manipulated. Think to a stock, a company, something that's been manipulated. What way does that manipulation 99% of the time go? Goes up, oh. right? That's right. Think of Briex and think oh, of yeah. all the other companies like that in Canada that we've been through that were nothing but scams. Now, this being said, this is the one chance that I've ever taken on a commodity where I've ever seen a commodity like gold or silver, to a certain extent, held back from reaching its true potential. So if it's true that somebody has manipulated the price, they've artificially kept it low, how long can that slingshot last before the band snaps and the price rockets sky high? The whole reason we brought Chris Powell on here is not to be an expert in telling us where the price is going. We already know the price is going to go much higher. In fact, in the next 30 years, I anticipate the price of gold will reach $10,000 an ounce or more in 30 years. And that's not hard to see when you're on the inside and you're seeing what's occurring. But as it relates to this, manipulation is one part of the story being told. We've already seen during the time that Chris is saying the market was manipulated, numerous peaks and valleys in the marketplace. As an investor, if two, three, 350, 400% is not enough, well, listen, we have a saying in the office, bulls make money, pigs get slaughtered. Every time the bull market takes off in gold and silver, there's multiple opportunities for you as an investor to make a decent return. 
In this day and age, we should be happy making 10% or more on our money. We have clients that invested earlier in the year that are already up 10%. Some clients that put their money in registered funds in the green already. And that's taking into consideration what it costs to buy the metal above and beyond spot. So this is an exciting opportunity. The slingshot effect is one thing that I like to discuss. And I certainly think it goes hand in hand with what the markets are telling us. And that is that going forward, there is a phenomenal reason that this time around, if our markets fall down and we encounter what we saw in 2008, that the result will be way different for silver and gold. I promised you one big reason why silver is set to soar in particular. Now, it has to do with the fact that it's way undervalued at this point. Right now, silver should be comfortably trading at least 10 US dollars per ounce more than what it is right now. It should be at 25 $26 an ounce bottom line. If it went to 50 right now and in the next four months or five months, it would not surprise anybody on this panel whatsoever. We would not be shocked by it. We'd be saddened by the few amount of people the world over who took advantage of it because they didn't hear about Guildhall or didn't know that they could get gold or silver and own it, but we wouldn't be surprised. One of the main reasons silver is set to soar right now, and alongside gold, I'll add that in there as well, is because we are going to see a stock market meltdown. They have tried religiously, and that by they, I mean central banks around the world, to prop up their stock markets. And what they've gone from is having an investor-based marketplace where Joe Public is in putting his hard-earned dollars to work owning stocks, good stocks, Canadian stocks, American stocks, Chinese, Brazilian, Russian, whatever market they're in, who, you know, it doesn't matter. We've gone from having that type of market to now having limited number of participants and most of the gains driven by the money being printed in each of the various countries. That is not a long-term survival technique. You've already heard the Fed in the U.S. get very, very, I wouldn't say, let's say bearish might be too strong a word, but they're very dovish on what this year holds for interest rate hikes. It wasn't but four months ago that the Feds told us Without any question, there's going to be four interest rate heights in the U.S. prime lending rate this year, 2016. It's not going to happen. We're lucky head, to see one. Perfect head fake. Absolutely a perfect head fake. But what it did was it pumped people up. It got them excited. They put their money in the marketplace, and they left other quality assets like gold and silver. Didn't give it a second thought. Now, gold and silver have a time in which they're going to catch up. And this time around, because what happened in 2008 and 2009 was that the entire world collapsed. All global markets fell down in value, gold and silver included. The smart investors got out. The smart ones sold off. They didn't get greedy. They made a little bit of money. They're happy to go home. Maybe they bought back into the market at a later time. However, what we saw was the quickest two assets to recover from 2008, 2009, gold and silver. Gold and silver reached back to their pre-breakdown points almost as quickly as any other asset in the world. Now, silver is nowhere near its high. It reached $49 an ounce, but when it broke down finally, it broke down from around $17. We've already been back to that point, and it went to a low of $13.80-ish. Gold, however, broke down, went all the way down to $650 an ounce or $850 an ounce, and climbed all the way back up, and we've even seen $1,600 an ounce, and now it's back down at twelve fifty. again, representing great value. This time around, however, because of what people witnessed and the power and strength of those commodity markets in gold and silver, we're going to see the markets collapse, but instead of this time people just going to cash, because they know what the value of cash is going to be, it's going to be nothing. They are going to go to gold and silver and other quality assets like that. And what does that mean for you as an investor? Well, you have to be in the market to find out. This Jeremy, how do you buy? How do I get how do I get my hands on it? You know, if you're very new to this market and you want to get involved, the best way to get started is to own some physical product in your hand. That's what Guildhall does. There's no minimum to buy some physical product and put it in your hand. You can do that through the e-store. Go to guildhallwealth.com. You'll see the the shopping cart in the in the right-hand corner. Go to the e-store and you can purchase product there. We are launching a new new e-store very soon, so be on the lookout for that. You can also 
contact us directly, we'd be more than happy to, uh, you know, give you your pricing over the phone, book the order, and you can come to the office by appointment to, to pick up your product. And of course, we can ship it as well. If you're looking, if you're not satisfied with uh, your retirement portfolio, you can also invest within a registered retirement fund. So you can do RSPs, RESPs, Liras, LIFs, RIFs, etc. All can hold physical gold that's allocated and segregated. It's in your name. You get the serial numbers. You have access to your product to personally verify it. Go to the depository and personally audit it. Take pictures. Hold the product itself. And know that this is in your retirement uh portfolio. The depository is IROC approved, which means it's regulated by the same regulatory body that regulates all of the the major banks for RSPs. And this is a great way to get involved because this is your product. It's nobody else's. It's owned by you. It's held outside the banking system within a registered account. And if you're holding a registered account and you're at any of the the major banks, you're allowed to use those funds if you'd like to hold some physical product so you can transfer some funds towards this. Again, we're not looking at at using your entire portfolio for this. We believe in gold and silver as an insurance policy. So if you're new to it, consider a 10-15% stake in physical precious metals as a hedge against devaluing currencies, against geopolitical unrest, against any problems with the banking industry that could occur if if we have another 2008-like collapse. So this is one of the things that we look at. We do the RSPs, and now we also do the IRAs. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Darren, I'm sitting here looking right now at the e-store, and not only does it tell you what you get, but there's nice pictures, the coins, the bars. It's right here in front of you. It's so simple. It's one mouse click, and I'm right here ready to buy it. Well, it's one of the most exciting things as a buyer. I'm able to touch the product when I come to the office because we usually have all that in stock. But also, being able to see it makes a big difference. I know what I'm buying. I can make the decisions that are right for me. Do I have too much metal? Listen, if I had 1,000 ounces of silver, it's near 65 to 70 pounds of silver. I better get a wheelbarrow. It's not something I want to store at home. But if I might only own 10 ounces of it, well, perhaps the depository isn't the right thing for you. You might want to consider taking it home and just keep adding and adding until you've got a larger amount to bring back to the depository. There is all kinds of options, but when it comes to physical metal, It's tangible. It's what makes it fun. You get to see it. It's malleable. You can bend some of the metal. I mean, you'd be amazed at how heavy a hundred ounce bar, six and a half pounds. Everybody grabs it and they're like, whoa, that's heavy. But the fact is holding these great assets is second to no other investment that I know of right now in terms of protection and insurance. Well, you're not able to get you know, much interest at one time. If you were retiring and you had a million dollars saved up, you worked all your life, you know, you could get eight, 10% interest on your money. Today, you're forced into gambling. You might as well go to a casino because what they're asking you to do is to go into the stock market, maybe get some dividends, three, 4% most on your money, but also your capital in those stocks could come down, could fall off. People that are in retirement age don't want to gamble. The best way to do it is to own some gold and silver. Most people will say, all the you know the pundits, well, there's no point in holding, holding gold. You don't get any interest from it. There's no dividends from it. Guess what? It's going to save your butt when things go wrong. The markets can go wrong. We've seen it before. History has a tendency to repeat itself. The number, finally, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Remind to get the Precious Metal Advisor and the Investor Kit and start investing today. This has been The Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM640.